I think it's safe to say for most health tech companies in Australia and New Zealand, once you've got over that first hurdle of demonstrating product market fit and that you've got a half decent solution, and by the way, that's a big first hurdle to jump. But once you've conquered that, then at some point, you're probably going to start to think, how do we scale this internationally? And you need to know that for a few reasons. Australia and New Zealand in particular, they're great healthcare markets to get started, but if they don't have that size and scale that other parts of the world do. And if you're looking to solve really big problems and need to raise a lot of capital to build these things to address the problems, then you're probably going to at least have to demonstrate that international expansion is possible or it's on the horizon. So how do you do that? Well, with me today is Rob Milsom from New Zealand Trade and Enterprise. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how to scale your business internationally, the opportunities for health tech companies in Australia and New Zealand, how to select the right international markets, the importance of clearly articulating your value proposition, and a lot more too. Collaboration starts with a conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it happen. Welcome to Talking Health Tech, a podcast and membership community about technology in healthcare. Here's your host, Peter Birch. With me today is Rob Milsom, healthcare, health tech industry lead and early stage startup business advisor at New Zealand Trade and Enterprise. Rob's got nearly 20 years of experience in Southeast Asia, working in single use medical device manufacturer, sales and global distribution and health tech startups. He co-founded his own B2B e-commerce procurement solution based in Bangkok at the end of 2016, and he moved to Sydney full-time in 2020. In other totally related achievements, Rob's also World's 7th Natural Strongest Man 2019 and played International Rugby League and Union and been State Weightlifting Champion. Mate, where do I start, Rob? How are you? (laughs) I'm doing good, thanks. Not uh, lifting any weights at the moment, but um, yeah, very good, thanks. Another one of these awesome humans that we bring onto the show that have no clear kind of connection between one thing to another, but done some amazing things regardless. And I'm sure we're just scratching the tip of the iceberg there. But look, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's great to chat with you on the pod. Fill in some blanks and give us a bit more context. Tell us about you and your background, mate. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me, Pete. So background, English, obviously, as you can tell by the accent, moved over to Southeast Asia in the early 2000s originally to work with my brother in his management training and consulting business before falling into the medical device manufacturing sales and kind of global distribution. Worked in that for a number of years, one of the world's biggest manufacturers of face masks and examination gloves and that kind of stuff, all the stuff that's really in demand now because of COVID. Mm. Worked in that for a number of years and then through a friend of mine who just invested in a, a tech startup, he was looking for somebody to go in and head up the business development side of the business. So I thought I'd make a change, got into tech startups, worked in a couple of health tech ones, advised on a couple as well, and then thought, you know, I might as well take a couple of years off my life expectancy and start my own business. (laughs) Um, So that business is a company called Medvine, and it was kind of taking my experience of the medical device distribution industry in Southeast Asia, and then adding to that kind of disruptive technology. So Edvine was a, or still is a B2B e-commerce procurement marketplace for small and medium-sized clinics, mm. so dental and medical clinics, so they can buy everything they want in one spot. Mm. Did that up until the end of 2019 when I came down to Sydney, snuck in just before COVID hit. Yeah. Original plan was I'd be going back to Thailand every so often to tidy up things with the business. 
but borders shut closed mm. uh, after my first trip and I was here in, in Sydney. So uh, I took a bit of time off, needed to decompress from the stress of running a startup. And then through a, through a connection, a friend of mine, I was introduced to New Zealand Trade and Enterprise for a position here in Sydney, where I've been for almost coming up for a year now and thoroughly enjoying it. Nice one. Well, that explains neither the New Zealand accent or the Australian <laughs> one. So thank you for that. Yeah, and I guess doesn't touch on the other side of my psyche, which is the, you know, the rugby. I've played international rugby for Thailand in league and union. Yeah. I've been state weightlifting champion since I moved down here and I was lucky enough to go to Budapest, Hungary to compete in the world's natural strongest man competition. So that's the drug tested version where I came seventh in 2019. But yeah, it's kind of two two separate lives living the business life and then the yeah. outside the business life. And funnily enough, they do complement each other in a way because you have to have that drive and determination that you have to have when you're building your own business and startup. And it also gave me, when I was doing that, something else to focus on, which I think is really important mm. as a founder. Often you can, you know, you live and breathe your business. It's your baby 24-7. So, you know, had to have something to be able to step out into three hours a day for, you know, five days a week and actually focus on something else was pretty good. Oh, such a good thing. And I think that, like you say, some parallels in terms of discipline, consistency, but I imagine too, you know, this concept of seasons or periods of time that might be, you know, you're doing this leading up to whether it's this competition or whatever, I guess there's a lot of learning that can be taken out of that. Cause like you say, running your own business, being a startup founder, it feels like there's no break. It feels like there's no you know, taking the foot off the pedal and that's not sustainable. So I imagine that's something that a lot of the founders and companies that you work with, which we'll talk about in a second, but that would be something they would resonate with as well. Yeah, hundred percent. I think one of my, I guess, naive perceptions going into being a founder was that periods where, you know, you could run for a certain amount of time, you get market validation or something, and then you raise a bit of money and then they're, whoa, that's great. Okay. Let's stop and have a party. <laughs> then you go on to your series A or yeah. your series B and you know there's those milestones but in actual fact it's a marathon not a sprint and it mm. does just kind of continue money drips in from time to time and you know there's no real kind of milestones like you would think there would be it's just a constant slog so it's good to yeah good to break that up I think and that, that emphasizes that importance of celebrating those wins whenever you can because it can be easy to achieve something and then continue to look at what the next thing is so something I could learn myself personally I say that like I know how to do it but it's something I think we all struggle with but Hey, look, I'm keen to learn a bit more about New Zealand Trade and Enterprise too and what that's all about. Yeah, sure. So uh, New Zealand Trade and Enterprise is the international trade arm of the New Zealand government. So we work with a whole bunch of companies in different areas, helping them export around the world and helping export New Zealand around the world because we believe that New Zealand is a good role model. The more New Zealand gets out there, it's better for the world. So we here in Sydney or in, in Australia, for example, we have a team of people which has grown now to about 40 people in different sectors, different sector leads. So we have tech, we have manufacturing, we have consumer products and food and bev, which is obviously something which New Zealand is pretty well known for. And then within those areas, we have certain specialities like for myself, it's healthcare and health tech that's been my background. We have people in, you know, mining and oil and gas. We have defense. We have prop tech, fintech, all the different types of tech. And we work with uh, a portfolio of companies helping them access and plan, make their plans to come into the Australian market, but also to thrive here in the Australian market. So whether that's through market entry strategy, helping them work their value propositions, and also through connections, connecting them into certain industries here 
where we may add value to them. Uh, and then we also have a fantastic services team here who provide market research and quite an extensive beachhead network. So we've got really kind of deep knowledge and experts in certain areas, whether that's healthcare, whether that's human resources, whether that is, you know, customer journey and value proposition, the digital side of their business, all these different experts who we can bring in to add value to these companies. Got it. I want to touch on the customer journey and value prop side a bit later too, because I think that's really important. But I want to learn a bit more about these health tech companies that are part of the NZT portfolio. Who's in there amongst it? Yeah, sure. So there's a couple of companies who I'm sure you're familiar with. So personally, in my portfolio, I've got the clinician who I think have been on the podcast before. We've got Channel, Dr. Liz Berryman, who I believe is going to be coming on the podcast soon. And then I work with a whole bunch of different med tech and health tech companies. So we've got anything from 3D printed implants to sinus healing gel for sinus surgeries. We've got data analytics and SaaS products for the healthcare market and some really cutting edge and amazing gut health products, which are coming into the market now. And there is a lot of health tech and healthcare innovation going on in New Zealand. And those companies are now getting positioned to export. So there will be more coming online looking at the Australian market soon. If you've been kicking around this industry a bit like me, or maybe even you're brand new to digital health, you've probably worked out that health tech is not an individual sport. Whatever you're trying to achieve, whether you're delivering healthcare for patients, or you're building health technology, or perhaps you're helping deploy solutions across health systems, you need a tribe, a community of like-minded individuals who just get it that if we're going to transform healthcare, then technology is going to play a huge part in it. So to learn and connect about health tech and level up your game, consider joining our THT Plus membership community. We've got options for every stage of growth, whether you're a solo individual or a startup or scale-up company. As an individual, you get access to our exclusive community forum, you get a warm intro to two other members from me each month, you get free access to our quarterly virtual summits and a bunch of other exclusive goodies. Companies can bring team members into the community, plus you get a presence on our website as a THT Plus member, you can post content like news events and jobs, and of course we love to showcase our members, so when you join as a company THT Plus member, you'll get to appear on this podcast with your very own episode. This podcast is made possible through the support of our members, it's literally the heart of everything we do, so consider joining as a THT Plus member, you can join anytime. Online, just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash THT plus. Is that the natural progression then? So for a company in New Zealand, the next place to look at when it comes to expansion is then over the Dutch into Australia? Well, it is kind of a big brother, younger brother market there. And it's a natural progression for companies to come into Australia. There is sometimes kind of an underestimation of how different the Australian market is, mm. you know, with the different states how the different states operate, obviously, in healthcare is very different to, to New Zealand and different to where I'm from in the UK as well. And it's often kind of a good sandbox to try things out as a first export market. But we do have companies who go to the States, who go to Europe, who go to the UK, or even to the Middle East or Asia as their first markets as well. So yeah. we've got, yeah, with NZTE, we've got teams kind of all around the world who support those companies with their journey. Nice. We'll come back to what some of those differences and nuances are of each of those areas, I think, perhaps. But then thinking about those companies, what NZTE might help them with, what are some of the challenges that those 
organizations part of the portfolio face and that you help them with? Yeah, sure. I think from what I've experienced in the last couple of years, uh, sorry, in the last uh, almost 12 months working with these great businesses is number one, I think is access. And I think that's a challenge companies face full stop. But certainly when you're going into an export market and you're not from there, maybe you don't have boots on the ground yet. Access to decision makers or talking to the right people, knowing how does tendering or purchasing systems work, you know, for New South Wales Health or at a federal level. That's one thing. And then kind of tacked onto that is, I think we touched on it earlier a little bit, was the value proposition and kind of customer journey. Because obviously, you know, in Australia, you're now, whereas in New Zealand, it's a very kind of tight-knit community. It's easy to get access, easier to talk to people. Mm. When you come over here, you've suddenly got a whole bunch more people in the decision-making chain. And your value proposition may need to be different for different people that you're touching base with for you know, a health tech SaaS solution that could go through multiple hands before it's approved and testing can go through the, you know, the people who are going to implement it are going to kind of look at it in a different way to, you know, the chief executive or the people who are going to use it and your value proposition and what you're offering to those people can change in some ways in order to kind of get your foot in the door and, and make people be attracted to your product. Yeah. So then those organizations might work with New Zealand Trade and Enterprise then to, I guess, articulate what they do and how they do it locally in New Zealand, but then looking to translate that into other markets and how that might be applicable and perhaps have that kind of leg up to get those first discussions and have those discussions about how the product might fit and communicate that value proposition in that new market. Is that about right? Yeah, that's pretty much bang on. It's, yeah, it's those discussions. It's that kind of, one thing I really like about what we do is we're able to kind of give an impartial view and an impartial advice really to these companies. Yes, we have skin in the game because we obviously want good things for the New Zealand economy and we want these businesses to grow. However, we're not investors. We're not competitive founders. We're not people who are kind of in the industry that they're selling to. So we can give that kind of fair voice of reason to these companies. Mm. And on the whole, you know, they're an absolute joy to work with and very, very receptive to learning in new markets. Yeah. And then looking at those different new markets, you've worked in Southeast Asia, from the UK, living in Australia now, representing New Zealand. You've covered a fair bit of the world. How do you find the different similarities and differences between those different markets comes to healthcare in particular? I guess on a 20,000 foot view, again, it comes down to access, but how you get that access is very different across different markets and understanding, I guess, the cultural nuances of how to do business in the healthcare sector. I mean, when I was in healthcare manufacturing, we sold from anywhere from Ethiopia to Venezuela, <laughs> South Korea, Japan, Russia, that kind of all over the world. And it was very different on who you're selling to. So it was very important for us to have a good local partner in those markets. And especially when you're dealing with Southeast Asia, access, yeah, access is key, as I said, but it's a lot of the times who you know will kind of open doors. Whereas, you know, a lot of the time in more westernized markets, it's more based on merit of your product and your, like your value proposition. Whereas in, in Thailand, for example, your value proposition is only, or your product's only going to get you so far if you don't have the right connection you're banging your head against a wall. Yeah. I think they're both of those things kind of tie to trust, don't they? But in different ways, you know, fr from, from one side, having those connections, it gives the credibility that someone's willing to vouch or at least provide an introduction. And that provides the trust that 
this is someone to speak with. And then on the other side, in other markets that require more kind of validation by the product, it's again, that, that trust and credibility based on the product. I think both of those things are really important aspects to have. And as you say, well, as we've said on the podcast a few times as well, if you're looking to break into any market, having boots on the ground or having a connection, at least somewhere that may help you navigate that environment is a bit of a no-brainer. Otherwise, you're if trying to do it from a distance without any assistance is really tough. Yeah. It's imperative that when you look at a new market to take your business as a founder or as a leader of the business that you spend time in that market. I'm sure a lot of people have seen, we recently had a prime ministerial trade delegation here led by our prime minister, Jacinta Ardern. And we had 31 businesses come on that trip. And the feedback from a lot of those companies is we really need to spend time in in market to understand Mm. how things are done. And that's Amazing because you'd really think from the outside that Australia and New Zealand are, you know, it's the same place really, you know. I, I, I thought don't, that, tell you know before, <laughs> don't tell them that. Before coming down here, I mean, my perception of it was, you know, Australia and New Zealand, pretty similar, easy to do business across the two, but they're actually yeah. very different. And it was the same differences that I, I saw in, you know, in Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, mm. um, Vietnam, you know, doing business in those places is a very different, very, very different thing. And things are set up differently. And You really need to know about the place before you go in. And that's the same here. So spending time in market, really getting rooted down into what's going on here. Also knowing about, and this is where places like Talking Health Tech are are great because you can kind of get a a look at what else is going on in the market. Because when you do enter a market, a new market, you're going to come up against competitors that you've never heard of or seen before, you know, coming into Australia for a, a Kiwi company. Um, Australia is a you know bigger market, and it's also a target market for British companies, American companies, Chinese companies as well that you yeah. might not have encountered in in New Zealand. So all of a sudden, you know, you have to change tact. You have to be open to learning more new things and kind of yeah, spend time in market, and you kind of figure out what's going on. Yeah, and what about if there are Australian organisations that are looking to go the other way, looking to then get more involved in New Zealand? Any Suggestions on where to start, how to go about kind of that strategy of looking into other international markets like New Zealand? Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, I mean, there are kind of like for like organization here is Austrade, who do a lot of good export work for Aussie companies. And then there's, you know, Investment New South Wales, Global Vic, who can help those companies go into other markets. Going into New Zealand, to be honest, I haven't had companies talk to me about going that way. But if companies are interested in exploring the, the New Zealand market, please feel free to look me up. I'm happy to talk and plug you into the system over there, really. Mm. And so you've done the trade delegation, keeping busy now and lots of things happening. What's on the horizon? What's keeping you busy, Rob, for you and New Zealand Trade and Enterprise in 2022 and beyond? Well, as I touched on earlier, we're growing here. Australia's been a fantastic market for New Zealand companies during COVID, and we anticipate that to continue as a trend of growth. So there's even more activity coming from a whole, all the different sectors that we work in, really, as these companies embed here in market. Connections, obviously keen to make more and more connections over here in the, in the healthcare industry throughout the country and help connect the customers that we work with into those businesses or into those organizations, government, you know, whatever else. And we're kind of looking at what's going on here in, in market. So one thing that we heard a lot about actually at one of the talks 
during the Prime Minister's trade delegation was about the Westmead Health Precinct, which was something new to a lot of the companies on the delegation. So kind of looking at plugging into what's going on at the New South Wales level, Victorian level, the Queensland level as well, and kind of relaying that information to those businesses to help them grow. Love it. Well, I mean, a lot of those state health departments are plugged into this podcast too. So good opportunity to learn a bit more about New Zealand trade and enterprise and when the opportunity presents, I'm sure there'll be some good conversations to be had to help out the other part of Australia being New Zealand. <laughs> I should stop making that joke. But look, I appreciate your time, Robin, coming onto the show. We'll put the details in the show notes of this episode for people to check out. Loving the work that you're doing and keeping across what's going on. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, I look forward to talking to anyone in the industry. Before you go, just a reminder to jump over to our YouTube channel and subscribe and watch some episodes there. There are podcast episodes, summit sessions, and a bunch of other interesting content on our channel. You can just search Talking Health Tech in the YouTube app or click on the link in the show notes of your podcast player and it should just take you straight there. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast player and for more information, visit talkinghealthtech.com.